Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And fight down low. King goes for now. Hello and welcome to The Last Word on Spurs. We hope you're keeping very, very safe and well. Thank you so much for joining us for a midweek edition of The Last Word on Spurs. If you're listening to the show for the first time, you can find us on iTunes, we're on Spotify, we're an audio boom, we're across a range of different audio platforms. We're of course on Twitter, at Last Word on Spurs, we're on Facebook and Instagram too, and you know if I'm grinning, there's only one man that's making me do this intro, that's the wonderful Andy Costa back on The Last Word on Spurs. Before we get into that, of course, um, we're here looking ahead, of course, to Brighton to come at the weekend, but the big breaking news as of today is, of course, Antonio Conte contracting coronavirus, which has led him into serious doubt as to whether he will be at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium for Spurs' Premier League fixture against Brighton at the weekend. I'm delighted to be joined by three great guests on the last word on Spurs. Listen, there was the intro already gone. I've got the wonderful Anthony Costa back with us on the last word on Spurs. And... It's so weird, twice in a week, and you're still beaming happy. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, mate, it's nice to be on the show, Rickstar. Um, no ants rants tonight or this week, which is fantastic to hear and see for all of listeners and viewers. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy, man. I'm, um, I'm up in Cardiff at the moment rehearsing. So apologies for the bad light in the, uh, in my hotel room in, in Cardiff. So uh, yeah, I'm excited to get going. Um, lots to talk about. Let's, 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 let's crack on. Let's do it. Amazing. I know people want to ask me the question here, Ran. Um, naturally, what's in the diary? What's coming up? Uh, are people able to get tickets for what's coming up in the diary? Can you let us know? Yeah, I mean, um, I'm I'm about to embark on a couple of weeks in a tour called um, Dreamboats and Petticoats. So um, I'm rehearsing this week in Cardiff. Next week, I'm in Cheltenham. I open on Tuesday. Uh, and then the week after, I'm in Newcastle. And then after that, who knows? Who knows where I'm going to be next, next time? So, uh, yeah, me and the boys have pushed back our tour to the end of the year. So, um, yeah, things are looking bright, mate. It's all good. And what, what what tops it off is Tottenham are winning, which is great. 
Yep. And I've never seen you so happy recently. I mean, it's the thing, you know, Andy's been doing the show for the last couple of years. You know, we're calling each other every day and he's normally around. There's so happiness. It's just unbridled at the moment, which is so bizarre. Um, and it's weird to have a smiling faces on Last Word on Spurs so often these days. So let's hope it doesn't change. Also joining us, change. fingers crossed. Also, hoping, uh, also, it's great to have him back on the show. He's always smiling, always joyous, always got someone Andy's up his sleeve. Got the wonderful Sammy Powell, also on the Last Word on Spurs. Sammy, how are you, my friend? I'm very well, thanks, Rick. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is peculiar to see everybody smiling, especially Ant. That's the <laughs> that's the strangest one. Jesus Christ! Even if there's uh, we're just creeping a one nil in there, he's normally there with a the doom look on his face, thinking we're not going to make this. But uh, it's. We're, we're, I think even he's surprised the run that we're on. And uh, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> not saying you're that uh, sceptical, mate. But um, yeah, it's good. We're all we're all happy, aren't we? So uh, good times. I'm a realist. I'm a realist, Sam. I'm a realist, yeah, bro. I know you are, mate. I know you are. <laughs> <laughs> I've been hurt too many times. We've been hurt too many times. I know this lady, Spurs above and beyond, and also like us, our mood is dependent on the result of Spurs. We've got the brilliant Sunday Times bestseller. Listen, books include Mitchell, the Butler series, the Family Man. We've got the brilliant, finally making a debut, Kimberly Chambers joining us. Kim, lovely to finally have you on Last Word on Spurs. Cheers for inviting me, and I'm happy, and all I'm normally the most biggest doom and gloom merchant ever when it comes to Spurs, but even I've got a smile on my face. And let's start the show with you. Only really one place to start, the big breaking news from earlier today, that Tottenham Hotspur expect Antonio Conte to still be in charge of Saturday's match against Brighton Hove Albion, despite testing positive for COVID at the weekend. We understand that the Spurs boss has been appropriately distancing himself and is expected to be symptom-free by the time the Seagulls travel to North London, of course, on Saturday for this huge Premier League game. And just want to get your initial thoughts on Antonio Conte, unfortunately testing positive, and just how much of an impact you believe that's going to have on the camp itself ahead of this crucial game for Tottenham Hotspur on Saturday. Thoughts on that for you, Ant? Listen, I hope uh, Antonio Conte is resting up well and you know, after contracting COVID, so that, that, that's that, that's first and foremost. Hope he's hope he's all right. Secondly, if I'm talking, as Sammy said, I'm going to be, bring a bit of a downer, a bit of a cynical Spurs downer. We didn't go so right for us. Something has to happen, you know. Whether it's a player being injured, I'm talking going to talk about um, Doherty in a bit, or Conte with COVID. But do you know what? I'm confident for Saturday, um, and it's very unlike me. I think Conte's going to be on the touchline. Uh, but if he's listening, which I think he might do, he might be bored out, you know, in isolation for a couple of days, want to listen to a bit of last word. Wish you all the best, mate. And um, make sure you're on that touchline on Saturday. Cheering the boys on for sure. Yeah, I, mean, he, I can't believe that. Do you know what? If, if he wasn't there, right, let's say for argument's sake, he's not there Saturday. Is that, um, is that do you reckon the, the, the team would, would fold because he's not there? I personally don't think it would. I'm not saying that he's not influential. But I think that we're in such a nice rhythm at the moment. Do you know what I mean? I think, I don't know. I, I think as long as we get the win, I don't care who's there. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? But yeah, uh, right, if he is there, but it's one of them, if he's not there Saturday, mm. is it a massive, massive miss? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? Well, I mean, personally for me, I just think the way we're playing at the moment and the, the way he almost encourages the players on the touchline I think he's so pivotal. You know, you see he actually is <laughs> engineering and changing tactics when he's out there. I just wonder with him out, with him not being there, 
not saying he was a player's an excuse to not perform, but I think exactly. I think if you asked every Spurs fan, they'd rather him be there than not. So, listen, we wish him well, of course. Sammy, just to bring you in here, from our understanding, Conte has had mild symptoms before the positive test over the weekend. But what we understand is that he is doing well, thankfully. The players had Sunday and Monday off, so technically... Today being obviously Wednesday that we're recording is the second day without him. Of course, not ideal before the Brighton game in terms of preparation, but he should be back before then. Um, Sam, just on your thoughts as well on this, how much do you think that's going to have a massive impact in terms of the way Spurs are going to approach this game against Brighton? And how important is it for you that Conte is on the touchline for Tottenham come Saturday? Yeah, I think it is detrimental, to be fair, Ricky. I think he's that influential when he's there. Um I mean, one positive to come out of it is that at least, um, you know, if, if anybody can uh, can have a good chat with COVID, it's Antonio Conte. He should pull it aside at half-time and it might bugger off. But, um, but I mean, he, I think that the, the way he's been, um, his, his influence clearly for me has been the half-time talks lately. The, the, the difference between Tottenham in the first half and the difference between Tottenham in the second half have just been mega. And that's clearly down to what Conte's doing at half-time. So that does put the, the feelers up me a little bit for, um, for him not being present. You know, he needs to deliver that passionate team talk. And I do think having it, his passion on the sideline, how can that not be infectious as well? I don't know. Um, I'd, like, I'd like to see him out there, really. But, um, but like I said, you know, if, uh, I'm, sure that, I'm sure he'll handle COVID well, mate. He, he handles everything else well, doesn't he? So... Um, so, yeah, we're just all wishing him a speedy recovery, aren't we? Uh, my opinion, uh, it, it would be a massive loss if he isn't there. Uh, I know we're on a roll, yeah. but we're on a roll. In my opinion, and I, and I know you can pull out individual players, we're on a roll because of Antonio Conte, let's make no mistake. He is the best thing that I've seen happen to Tottenham in such a long time. Um, he needs to be at every game at the moment. It's pivotal. Kim, coming across to you, I mean, again, from what we're being told, that Conte is now asymptomatic and he's observed training from a distance the last couple of days. But obviously, it hasn't meant that he hasn't been going actually inside the training ground. From what we understand, he's still been planning every one of those training sessions, which have been run by his coaching staff. That's Ryan Mason and his assistant, Stellini. They've been running the bulk of those main training sessions. We've then had Gianluca Conte overseeing the video sessions. But as far as we understand it, the fitness staff are operating as normal and as usual. And the hope is, as we've said, that the preparations for Brighton won't be massively hindered. Again, we expect Conte to hold his pre-match press conference at Hotspur Way, which will now be via Zoom, as opposed to it being in person with the journalists. I mean, I suppose the biggest thing for Spurs here, essentially, is to be assured that it doesn't affect Tottenham's preparations too much going into the game. From what we understand, Conte will still take lateral flows towards the end of the week with the hope of being at the game on Saturday. For you, Kim, going into this one, how important is it for you that Conte is on those touchlines come Saturday against Brighton in this absolutely crucial Premier League game, as they all are now, between here and the end of the season? I've got to agree with Sam. I mean, those half-time talks seem to be working wonders. When you look at some of our performances in the first half and how differently, I don't know what he's doing to them at half-time, but he's doing something good. I mean, obviously, you know, first and foremost, I wish him well, but I also agree, if anyone can be back by Saturday, it's Antonio Conte. You know, COVID ain't going to lay him out for long, I dare say, you know. But I just, it would be a big loss, but 
and it's no disrespect to Brighton saying this whatsoever because obviously, you know, I mean, we know what we're like sometimes when we're on a roll, but... I do feel quite confident about Saturday. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. It won't be. There's no easy games at the moment. But I just think I'd if he's going to get COVID and be out, and even if he doesn't make a game, I'd rather it be for Brighton at home than, say, for Brentford away or Liverpool away or yeah. that particular week, you know. So hopefully he's back, he's well, and he's back by Saturday. And if not, let's just hope there's some screen in the dressing room at half-time where he can shout his orders and giving, but but also surely the players, if if their managers out ill, they're going to want to make him happy. Surely, yeah, I, I, I agree with you, Kim. What what I think is, is if there's any man on the planet who can turn anything negative into something positive, it's Antonio Conte, isn't it? So I think that he can, you know, he can he can switch it round quickly. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. You know, since we've had a less congested fixture list, um, he's been able to hold 20 to 30 minute video analysis with the players rather than long sessions, which were tricky to digest. I mean, it definitely feels out that having that one game a week has really instilled into the players the tactics that he wants to deploy game by game, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, we always say, don't we, um, us boys on, on the group and stuff, that as Antonio's season's been going on, we, we've, we've been having the one game a week. He has been able to implement him, his his tactics, his his work ethic, and I think it's it's been as we all know by results, it's been fantastic and and been a real godsend. But um, you know, if we want to be going into Champions League football next season and you know and do well in it, there's two games a week there, so it's all well and good this season. It's about what happens in the future for next season. So hopefully, these players know what he wants and what he what he wants from players, and they can put that from this season into next season if we are to be in the Champions League. So, yeah, I mean, it's all well and good now, but I'm, I, I, I'm looking for the future for next season as well. Um, but, listen, every every game now is a cup final, um, even though we don't do well in cup finals. Or, as we, or as we say, a fifth round FA Cup tie. It's the fifth round tie against Marine, you know, every week. Um, so, if we, can, um, if we can implement what we did against them in these next seven games... And we end up above them, not down the road, and in the Champions League places. What a season this has been! Yeah, absolutely. Very quickly, we've got to touch upon the form recently. Uh, Sammy, coming over to you. You know, Spurs victorious against Villa last time out. A four-nil triumph. Spurs now winning seven of their last nine games to move into that top four. Uh, we're still currently holding that three-point margin now above. Arsenal, uh, we find ourselves six points above United and West Ham following the weekend's results. Has it surprised you at all, Sam, just the way Spurs have become so assertive in this top four race? Yeah, uh, my simple answer is yeah, it's massively surprised me because I think we've started the games, Rick, the way that we, we've been known to start games. We've, we've just, you're wondering why, you know, to be fair, again, at Villa like that, the early goal, I, I thought this is that was lucky. They they absolutely peppered up, and then um, you know, and, and Newcastle again. Just the start wasn't fast enough. They just didn't pick that pace up. But like Kimberly was saying, it's uh, I, I'm completely on board with that half time. So what does he do? I mean, whatever he says to those players at half time, bottle it up and sell it as a life changing cure for something. It's magical because they come out a completely different squad, don't they? They're um, absolutely, I've been really surprised, but I did say on our last time I was on a show with you, Ricky, we were doing predictions for games. And I did say with Thump Newcastle, I did say with Thump Villa, 
But what I did say, um, and, I, and, I, and I just want to put this straight, I'm sure you're going to come to the question later on, is that I did say I don't think we're in for a chance at top four. And I said it at the risk of sounding like I can't. Sorry to say that. But I, I did say I, I feel like top four isn't within our reach and it's Arsenal to lose. But I just can't believe the, the, the results um, for the first time have gone in our favour. So I can't believe it all, really. I, I, the, the way that Tottenham are playing is unbelievable. The results that the other teams are getting are quite frankly unbelievable. Must win games. It's all going in Tottenham's favour. It's all just a little bit too good to be true for now. It's almost suspicious, isn't it? <laughs> You're very true. I mean, it is right. I mean, uh, Kim, coming over to you, as Sammy touched upon there, Spurs is form-wise at the moment, you know, we're in excellent form. Having won those last four games, you know, we took advantage of Arsenal's defeat to Brighton at the weekend. Um, you know, and also, this is crazy stat, Spurs creating 46 big chances in 2022. It puts us in second across Europe's top five leagues. Has it surprised you, Kim, the way Spurs have become ultra-consistent over the last month? It's mental, to be honest with you. And, I mean, you've got... A, the credit has got to go. I mean, obviously, the player, but Antonio, do you know, he's been marvellous. I mean, this is... As a Spurs fan, this is the most excited I've been since, like, you know, the good days. I was a big fan of Pochettino, still am, you know? And But the, under the good days, under him, this is... And I never expected it this season. I really didn't. I mean... We, uh, I remember doing a podcast earlier in the season. He hadn't long taken over. And I said, you can't polish a turd, you know. I thought we had too many average players. But I think the two lads that come in from Juve, credit to them as well. You know, it's been a long while since we've signed players that have literally hit the ground running. And both of yeah. them have been... I think sometimes it helps to buy two teammates from a team, if two are available and they're good players, they settle in quicker. But to settle in like them lads have in January, they're both only young. I think they've been marvellous. And they've added so much to, to yeah. that to that side, you know. Um, but he, he's done wonders, Antonio. I can't speak highly enough of him. I'm just glad we've got ourselves in this position. Obviously, we've got to go on and we've got to continue with this form. But also, when you look under Nuno, we wasn't even having a shot on goal. No. Suddenly, we can't stop scoring. I mean, the turnaround's just incredible. Yeah, Kim, we were at the, um, Kim, we were at the Brighton. I'm sorry, Rick, to, to butt in there, but me and Kim were at the Brighton game together at the FA Cup, weren't we? Weren't we? Um, we, yeah. we was watching it together in, in, in uh, one of Kim's uh, friends' boxes, and Kulu Kulazeski come on, didn't he? And I, I was quite excited, and I, you know, me being a cynical Spurs fan, and you know, you want to hit that, you know, the ground running and. I liked what I saw. I didn't have a brilliant 20 minutes, but I thought there's something in him to, to, that, that I will like. And as Kim said, two lads, Kulazewski, Bettencourt. Well, you know what I feel about Bettencourt, Rick. Um, I think he's a great player and he's really upped everyone's game. Uh, and I think that's all you've got to do in these, in these windows. Buy sensibly. You don't have to buy millions upon millions of pound players and they come and they can't hit a barn door. So get these players, as Kim said, that are teammates that know and, and can hit the ground running. And I think it's been a blessing in disguise. I really do. Yeah, totally agree. Lots of love coming in for you, Kim. Lots of agreement with you in terms of how important it was to buy those two players from the respective club in terms of Juventus. And I think we're seeing now, you know, the reward, reward for that. Spurs' form has been quite formidable. We have unfortunately had some bad news in terms of, obviously, Matt Doherty. Yep, out for the season. So we are going to turn our attention to that next. So uh, for our listeners on audio, we are going to go on our first break of the show. And listen, fingers crossed from all of us here, we wish Antonio Conte all the best, a very, very speedy recovery. As Ant would always say, there's always something around the corner. 
And we got that saying around the corner earlier in the week with Matt Doggerty, unfortunately, suffering a season-ending knee injury. He's actually become a key player for Spurs over the last recent weeks. Obviously, he's got two goals um, and also two assists in his last five games as Spurs really did mount this battle for this top four finish. I just wonder, and to start with you on this, how much of a blow this is for Tottenham because he is almost now, you'd say, almost cemented that spot in the side. And now we're relying on Emerson, to be fair. I know who divides massive opinion as to whether he's going to be good enough to see us through to the end of the season to sustain a top four finish. Yeah, I mean, as I said, when we start talking, there's always something that negative to come up from something positive. But a negative is, is seeing Matt Doherty out for the season. I think he's been doing all right. You know, you've just read out his, his stats for the last couple of games and he's been he's been really, really good. He's been playing in his position that we bought him from, all, you know, that last season from, from Wolves. So it's it's gotta be a shame, but it's one of them things you gotta you gotta keep going. Um wish him a speedy recovery for next season. Uh and Emerson Royale has to step up now. Um I think if Romero was out and Doherty was out, I'd be really, really worried, to be honest with you. Um but Romero obviously is is our Rolls Royce at the back along with Dyer. And I think we're obviously gonna miss Doherty. But we got to keep going. Ninja injuries happen in football. It's one of them things where you just got to pick, get, you know, pick yourself, dust yourself down, and 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 get on with it. And just quickly before I do bring Sammy in, um, do you have a view on that tackle from Matty Cash? I mean, it looked it looked really nasty at the time. Um, it did, yeah. Do you have a, do you have a view it, on yeah. that? Just how how bad that tackle was? It was it was bad. Obviously, when you look back and 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 see it again, but I I, I don't know. I, I really don't know. Um, enough you know scientifically to see what's happened to his I don't know but yeah. it wasn't a great tackle and I don't think he went out intentionally to hurt a fellow professional I really don't I don't think he's that type of player Matty Cash but it's it's, it's an injury that, that's happened and as I said and we wish Matt Doherty all the best yeah I mean Kim I'll come around to you actually next Kim um from what we understand that, that he's, a, he's a it's a complete MCL rupture that will now mean he's going to be out for a minimum of 10 to 12 weeks. Have you been impressed with him, Kim, the way he has actually now? He did cement himself into the side in the last few weeks. He was really playing with Coverage under Conte. How do you feel about Emerson coming in for those remaining games? Uh, worried. Um, Emerson seems a likeable lad. He's only young and I really hope he, he goes on to do well. But I'm, I'm just not sure... He's good enough. I'm gutted for Matt because I think he'd really found some fun. I think he's going to be a big, big miss to us, the way, the way he's been playing recently. Um, you know, he sort of hit the form that, that he was in for Wolves. You know, I remember him playing yep. against us yep. once or twice and he was really good. He, he was a danger. And he's hit that form again. I'm gutted for him, you know, because um, I, I think his confidence must have dropped. Obviously, he wasn't particularly popular with the fan base and that. But... You know, it, it proved strength of character to me, the way he sort of, you know, pushed his way back, wanted to do well and come through. I just don't like, you know, with the confidence in the side at the moment. And I do like, you know, Emerson. He's not like, you know, I never particularly wasn't, you know, a fan. I didn't really like from what I saw of him, like the likes of Endon Belly's attitude. But like, you know, Emerson to me, he looks like a lad with good attitude. And I just hope sort of... Yeah, he can see it through to the to the end of the season. And as Ant said, like, you know, if it was Romero as well, you've got to expect injuries. That's the thing. And touch wood, 
you know, um, I don't want to, you know, we don't want to tempt fate, but, you know, he did. I thought he did all right at, at, at the weekend, if I'm honest, against Villa. There was some, you know, it, it, yeah. it was one of his better games. Yeah, absolutely. I, I just wonder, Sammy, whether they'll see it as such for well, Emerson in general that, am I being brutal to say he's got seven games left to save his Spurs career? Is that being dramatic? Do you think, you know, a young player, give him time, you know, he's only been here for, you know, only a number of months really to settle. What do you think, Sammy? Because he's not obviously Conte signing. He was obviously a Paratigi signing for Nuno. How do you see that working out between now and the end of the season for him? Yeah, I'm I'm still on the fence with Emerson Royale, Ricky. Um, and I've been even more on the fence since seeing Doherty come into the form that he's been in. Uh, he's been absolutely uh, pressing high. Uh, Doherty seems to be able to get back. He seems to be up front. He seems to be in the mid. He's all over the place. And one thing that I've really picked up on is, is understanding Harry Kane. He's got a, a, some type of connection with Harry Kane. And, uh, yeah. and I'm not just saying that because of his goal. He has got an understanding with Harry Kane. And if you've got an understanding with Harry Kane, you're either going to get the ball provided to you or provide the ball to him. Um, so he's been... Um, Doherty's a massive loss for us. I'm going to put to bed what my feelings are on the cash challenge. Um, it was disgraceful. It was absolutely disgraceful. They came out fighting. They knew what they were doing. Uh, we're lucky that we didn't have three players injured. I thought Villa were an absolute disgrace um, in terms of the way that they were challenging. Um, and I'll, I will not hold back again about that. I thought it was, I was fuming, absolutely raging at the way that Villa um, were, were trying to chop us down. And then on the other hand, that you've got to give it a little bit of, um, uh, of thought and think, well, um, they're trying to chop us down because we're, we're good. Uh, you know, we, we're, we're actually pretty much unstoppable at the moment. And Aston Villa, the only way to do it was to give 110%. And Steven Gerrard said they gave 110%. And the only way they could do that was flying into us the way they did. But I'm fuming with the fact that he's, he's injured. Um, I think he was coming into really good form. I think what Kimberley said about him coming into the same form as, um, as he was at Wolves, I think he's, he's miles better. I think Conte has already got the got got more out of him than what he had previously, um, and yeah, just I'm 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 really disappointed that that Doherty is injured. Uh, can Royale step up to the plate? I'm I'm on the fence about it. However, because uh, he's got those jester moments in him, hasn't he? Those slow pass backs, and the, he's not he's not quick. It gives me that Davidson Sanchez feel of oh my god, is it going to be good, great, or terrible? I just don't know. Uh, very inconsistent, but um, but we've got a vacuum, haven't we? It's his time to step up to the plate, and he's got seven days to do it. Uh, I'd rather have Doherty there. That's my my opinion. Interesting, uh, Kim. I just want to come back over to you. You've got a question on the screen there from Raj. Raj says, "Why do we think Conte's persisting with Emerson? Uh, should we not try and bring in Mora or Bergvine? Do you have a view on that?" Kim, if we should maybe look at those as potential options, or would you stick with Emerson, give him some confidence? I mean, I think we've got to put the best player in to get us through these final games. But surely he's tried the others in training. He must have done. You know, he's got to... Listen, you know, no disrespect to Emerson, as I said. You know, he's a likeable lad, and I hope he does well. He's very young. But, 
you know, surely he's, you know, Conte knows that he's not really the finished article at the moment, and perhaps he's tried other. I mean, I don't know whether Mora would work. I'm a big fan of Lucas Mora. I know not everybody is, but I am. You know, um, I think he's a, you know, I think he's a good player and a great player to, you know, to a great squad player, a like another likable character. And I keep saying likable characters because I think that's such important when you're trying to build team spirit. I really do. Do you know what I mean? I think. Um, you know, to get that, we, we seem to have that team spirit back again that we haven't had since since the days when Poch was doing well. It, it's that sort yep. of spirit that seems to be back. And I think it's all a th thing that joins together. Um, but yeah, I surely, I mean, Bergwin, you could perhaps see playing there. I don't quite know what he's like defensively, but but surely, as I said, they have tried, tried this in training. They've got it done, you know. I mean, what you've got to look at is it just say, for instance, a touch what he won't, but if Emerson got got injured, um, you know, who would they play then? You've got to look at that. But I just want to touch on something Sam said as well. I, I thought Villa, uh, the same thing about Villa, that, that first half, the way they came out and, and were skiving us down, mm. it reminded me a little bit of the Battle of the Bridge that time. You remember the Battle of the Bridge, that game yeah. when they were just yeah. tackles flying? I thought, what the hell's going on here? Do you know what I mean? Uh, but yeah, and I I didn't think it was a particularly good tackle on the though as well. But you know, it seemed to once they injured one, it seemed to calm down a bit. I'm not saying the guy did it on purpose. He's probably not that type of you know. I doubt he's that type of player. But it mm. didn't look particularly good the tackle to me. I think the worry was the referee just didn't seem to have control of that from minute one. I think he allowed Villa to dictate that, that that game in terms of the nature of their tackles. You just think if you would have given a yellow card earlier on, that may have just set the precedent. But the way that game was first half, it just seemed like Villa were being allowed to make foul after foul after foul. And they were. I mean, some of them were really, really bad tackles. Yeah. Uh, it is a concern because you would probably think if we, you know, set that ground early, then, you know, would have been injured, Doherty. It, it's again, there should have been three yellows in the first 20 minutes. Yeah. I don't think you're being harsh by saying it, Kim. I agree. I really, really do. Well, listen, we, we wish Matt very, very well indeed. I mean, and do you have a view on that for you very quickly? You know, would you be giving Emerson to the end of the season to prove his worth? Or do you think Spurs should maybe look at Kulisevsky, Bergwijn, Mora as a no, potential no, attack option? Kulisevsky needs to be in the front three with Kane and Son. The understanding they're getting at the moment is brilliant. So he's at, he can't, I don't want to see him at right wing back. But if I was to choose between Bergwijn and Mora and Emerson, You'd have to give Emerson the chance uh, next this game and in, you know in the next game. But if it's not working out, then I would put in Birdwine because Birdwine has got the pace up and down. And as a right wing back, uh, as wing backs, you don't really have to defend that much. When I say don't defend, I'm saying that's not really their job. Their job is to get the ball up, you know, them high lines and make it and make it good crosses in. Um, yeah. Because as I said, when when Emerson's bombing down that right, you've got Romero tucking in on, on just behind him to cover him. Do you see what I'm saying? Defensively, they're not great. But I'm saying it, and when we start talking, if Romero was injured, then that's a different story. Then we might as well just pack up and go home. Do you know what I'm saying? So I think with, with, with Emerson there, you've got to give him a chance. I'm not, I'm not, you know, and, and I think he can do the job as long as them Romero Dyer. And Davis all stay fit in the next seven games. Yeah, that's that, that's more important. Yeah, no, I totally agree. What we will do is we will go for our next break of the show for our listeners on audio. Take your break. You're going to hear a very quick snippet of an interview from Ryan Sessi. I'm going to give you his thoughts about Antonio Conte and the way in which he is, as Kim has said, kind of made us all 
believe again. And he really, really has. So I say, Ryan says he'll take you into that break. He's a perfectionist, you know. So when you have someone that's so passionate about the game, it, it kind of um, rubs off on you. So um, like everything has to be perfect. And um, yeah, he's a perfectionist. You want to be the best. And he is one of the best. So everything you do, you just want to do it to the, the best of your ability. So um, yeah, I would say he's very demanding. And his, I've heard his video analysis work is particularly mm. detailed. Is that like almost straight away when he came in, he was pinpointing where the team were making mistakes? Yeah. Was that something that impressed you Definitely. straight away? Mm -hmm. We're in the, the tactics room every day, you know, trying to um, better ourselves, uh, learn about the opponents more as well. But it's more about where we can improve, and I think the team has taken great steps forward under him. Also, he's quite intense in his interviews afterwards and sometimes we've been a bit surprised about how he's kind of dug the players out a bit. He doesn't, mm. he doesn't pull any punches at times. I just wondered when you're in the dressing room and you hear that he's, not you, but just mm. the whole squad if he's not happy with the performance, that, what's the sort of reaction internally to that? No, I think when we don't win a game, of course any, any coach is going to be upset. So um, there's been times where we haven't been good enough and he's let us know that in the change room. So. Mm. He's, um, he tells the truth, you know, he says what he thinks to our faces and, and he will say the same in, in front of the cameras as well. So, yeah, that's just, just how he is. For our watching on YouTube, thank you so much as always. 300, 400 of you watching us live on a night where we're playing and competing with the Champions League. So thank you so much as always for your incredible support on last one on Spurs. There has been reports, we must have said, about Fabio Paratici over the recent day or so, which I know he's not taking much headlines in the UK, but from what you understand, the FIGC federal prosecutors are requesting a 16-month suspension for the Spurs sporting director as part of an investigation into fictitious capital gains. Now, what I must add is at the moment, from what I understand from reading these reports, it's more to do with him actually in, the, in Italy getting a suspension. It wouldn't actually have an issue with him over in the UK. So, I mean, again, if anyone's got any more information on this, feel free uh, to post it in the chat. Um, but again, I think it's just one to keep an eye on there. It is obviously slightly concerning that these reports are coming up. He's from Gazeta Dello Sport. I mean, they're expecting to hand out sentences very shortly after Easter for those on trial. Um, and what we understand is that prosecutors are pushing for a 16-month ban for Paratigi, 12 months for Agnelli, 8 for Nedved, and 11 for Napoli President Oriello Dor Laurentis. So again, it is slightly concerning. Uh, we'll bring you some more news as soon as we get it on that Fabio Paratici's situation. Quite unbelievably, we've seen Serge Aurier, Etienne Capu, and Juan Foyf amongst former Spurs players that are driving Villarreal to a UEFA Champions League semi-final. The Spanish side progressed through to the semi-finals of the prestige competition after a shock win over German champions Bayern Munich. Kim, coming over to you. Should we be surprised that these Spurs players are driving Villarreal to a UEFA Champions League semi-final? Well, going back to Fife, I don't think we should have ever sold him. I liked Fife. Do you know, I thought he was a good young prospect. And I think given more time, I'd rather him a centre-half. No disrespect to Sanchez, but I would. You know, I just would. But um, he just, yeah, I liked him and I thought he had a lot of potential. But Lascelles, so, I mean, you know, the thing is... It goes back to, listen, I don't know, obviously, I've never met Lascelles, I don't know what he's like, but, and he's another, you know, he's not, he's not old, he's come to a different country, I don't know, I mean, perhaps he needs to be playing in a team with confidence, perhaps he's not suited to the English league, I don't know what went wrong, really, 
um, at all, if I'm honest. I, I see uh, Brian Brian Gill's doing well. I mean, he's, he's one I do hope that comes back. They either hit the ground running or they don't sometimes. It's like, you know, it, it looks like end on belly. It's going to be bad, isn't it? You know? Yeah. And, you know, I can't see it ever working really for him at Spurs, can you? Not at the moment, no, I'll be honest with you. I mean, again, I know he was highly influential for Leon last week in, of course, their game against West Ham in Europe. I mean, I just don't see a long-term future for him at the moment. I mean, Anne, very quickly, um, yeah, what's your thoughts on this? Obviously, the likes of Aurea, Capu, Foyf, among those players, of, and the Celso as well, wow. taking Villarreal to a UEFA, well, UEFA it's Champions League semi-final. It's a, it's, a, it's a team for the Spurs players, ex-Spurs players, isn't it? It's crazy. Um, but... Good luck to them. They didn't. It didn't really work out for them uh, at us. Um, uh, one one player that I really wish would have stayed another season. I think he had it in him. Was Etienne Capoue? I think. I don't know. There was something about him that I liked when he when he was at Spurs. Um, but obviously, none of the managers fancied him. But um, listen, good luck to him. And um, you know, I, I love you, mate. But I'm not here to talk about Virial. Yeah. <laughs> Sammy, <laughs> quickly for you. Any any surprises? Some of the players that we've let go. Yeah, um, surprised, not not necessarily. Um, I mean, there's a couple of players that only really stick in my mind after they've gone. One of them <laughs> scored, uh, did an assist last night in the Champions League, who I'm sure you know who that is, Lucas Moura. And, um, yeah, I'm, and, and the Gareth Bale situation always sits on the fence with me because I'm a massive fan of his. Uh, but La Celso... He's a, he was a little bit like getting a Snickers, my favourite chocolate bar, and biting into it and finding no nuts. I just and then they go they go away and and there's and and they, and then they do these magical things at other clubs, but they can't do it at Tottenham. And I'm not too bothered anymore, Rick. I'm, what I'm bothered about is who my manager wants in the team and who he can, who he can build around. This Kulusevski, like Kimberley said before, let's just touch on the Kulusevski subject. What a find! What a find. I mean, Bentinger, yeah. amazing, consistent. Um, but Kulusevski, if you offered me now, right, we can switch him with Diaz for Liverpool, whatever. There isn't, I, I, I don't think I would trade him for a player at the moment who I know is on the market. Kulusevski, for me at the moment, is irreplaceable. And I'll tell you why he's irreplaceable, Rick. He's come in as a Spurs player. He's coming to Tottenham and he's already Tottenham. It's And that is... That is super, super hard to find. I put a little quote on my, on my Twitter, which was that you could go to an expensive restaurant and look at all the expensive dishes like scallops and this and this and this and that and whatever. But sometimes you just want steak and you order the steak and it's the best steak you've ever tasted. He's simple. He's a steak. You want it, but he's, he is just absolutely the best we could have got for the money. I'm so surprised with him. And... Um, you know what? I, I, I genuinely think the best is yet to come with him. Um, so, in terms of the players that go out, because I had emotions for Deli Ali for crying out loud, and and and, and Eric Lamella, I loved Eric Lamella. Um, we do this as Tottenham fans, don't we? You know, they give us a, 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 an unbelievable. Moment. Well, some some of us do, not all of us. <laughs> hey, well, not all of us, but you know that I had a soft spot for Deli, and I'm I'm sorry for people listening that that didn't. You know, I always. I was just always so disappointed to see him, just for the purposes of it, of the podcast. I was always so disappointed in Deli Ali because of what he brought us to what, to how it, to how it ended. Okay, um, and that's a very disappointing thing to see in a, in a professional career. Um, but what I have to say is, you bring in a young player like Kulusevski, 
I, yeah. I wasn't expecting it. I, listen, Ricky, I'm not afraid to say I was Googling YouTube videos of him, wondering what he's going to bring to our squad. And he's come in and he's understood it. He's understood what Conte wanted. He understands what the players want and he delivers. But the one thing I like about him is he's not. He, he's quite bullish, isn't he? He's quite. He's, he's a stake, in my opinion. He's not. He's just. A, that is what he is. He's a piece of meat, and he does the job. He, he's not afraid to have a shot. He's talented. He, he, he loves a challenge. He likes to argue with a referee if there's a wrong decision. He gets there up front. He's in the right space. What a find he is. He's absolutely mustard. And uh, so I want to see a lot more of Kulicheski's coming into the team. Um, but, you know, when it happened, the grief that Antonio Conte was, well, I would say not Conte, but Spurs as a club for not backing the manager. Let's call it that. Because, oh, we've not had a good January transfer window, which is always what we'll get. Um, they were Antonio Conte's choices. And, and, and I didn't know what to expect from Benton Kerr or Kulicheski. They are game-changing players. This manager has had no time. He's had a January transfer window and the players he's had to work with. He's made Ben Davies look good. I'm sorry to say that, but he's made Ben Davies look good. He's made uh, Matt Doherty look amazing, and Matt Doherty has been amazing. This guy is changing players, but he's also going to change the squad for the better. So I want to see more of who he brings in, um, especially players like, like that. I am a massive fan. I'm also, by the way, Ant, um, getting messages about, like you are constantly, about your singing uh, the Kulicheski song. I'm not going to put any pressure on you for that, pal. But uh, everybody's wanting to uh, hear you in blue singing. Uh, <laughs> Give me a ginger from Sweden. Oh yeah, that, that'll, yeah, that'll go down really well with with a Man United <laughs> fan and yeah, a Charlton yeah. fan in the back. And, yeah, and brilliant. Somebody inboxed me before doing a in the style of paparazzi. I'm your biggest fan. I'll follow you until you love me. Colour, <laughs> colour, Chesky, <laughs> which I thought was pretty good. That's but, quite a good uh, one. But yeah, loving, massive fan. Um, <laughs> love, loving what's happened there, mate. Yeah. Oh man, listen, I think uh, Benton killed Kulisewski. I, I have to sh- I have to say, you know, isn't it amazing to have two players that have rejuvenated us since January? I know there was lots of trepidation going into that window, and I know we spoke every day, just you know, our concerns yeah. at how late Spurs were leaving it. I think I said to you during the week as well when I spoke to you that I was worried that you know on the last day of a transfer window, Paratic is going back to his former club and just buying two players. But you've got to say, I mean, so far so good. They have been superb for Spurs, haven't they? Oh, they've been brilliant, mate. And you know what? You know, I love, I love, I love both of them. I think they've brought so much oomph to the team. Um, as I said, when we started talking, they've they've lifted everyone up. Um, and I think that, that uh, that's all you need uh, for a January transfer window. We, I think we had the best January transfer window out of all the clubs. I really do, because you've got, a, as Frank says all the time, Rick, you he got you he got rid of players that he didn't want, yeah. and he's brought players in that's that's improved us. Um, yeah. He hasn't bought players that, oh, he can just sit on the bench. He's no, they're ready now. They're ready, ready to play now, right? Ready to play now. They're ready. They're ready. Yeah. So this is this is great. And and long may it continue. Let's have a summer transfer window with the main man, Antonio Conte, and then see where we are, where we're at in August. Yeah, totally agree. Kim, very quickly get your thoughts on that as well with the, with the transfer window. You touched upon Kulisevsky earlier. Have you been surprised just how quickly both of those have settled, including Bentacor? Because you look at, you know, again, I don't want to make comparisons at the moment because it's still quite a way of the season to go. You look at Arsenal, for example, you know, they're putting a lot of their, their doom down to the fact that they didn't act in January. You know, how pleased have you been, by the way, Spurs did their business and both of those players seem Premier League ready and they're showing that now since January. 
I'm never pleased with the way they do their business, Ricky, because they leave it to the last day. And for me, that ain't the way really to do business, you know, not when you're trying for a top four position. But as touch wood, as luck would have it, we've struck gold this time with Empire. And the killer's that's it. That was the brilliant. I mean, as, as Sam was saying, he's a T-bone steak, mate. He is like a big, thick T-bone steak. I love the photo of him coming out in Stone Island. With like, and obviously he probably went up there wearing Stone Island, but it reminded me of a kid when you was 15 years old, where you used to wear your new clobber when you come out the shop. Do you know what I mean? He had the bag, but he had the Stone Island on. I just love him. I think he's great. They've got great attitude. They're just, as I said, they've come in together, obviously pals, teammates, um, and just the way they've hit the ground running. I mean, I, whether anybody would have expected them to be as important they've become that they've become to us, I really don't know. But yes, I mean, I think obviously, you know, when we've sort of, we all looked at uh, uh, sort of what was on the internet, and all I saw was sort of neither of us could, um, could really get in the UV team. And you know, obviously, we lost the guy to Liverpool, and you think, oh, here we go again. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. they've been fantastic. I mean, UV's loss is our game, full stop. Let's be honest. Now, also, some big breaking news coming out of Wednesday for the Spurs women was that they were delighted to announce Spurs women head coach Rahan Skinner has signed a new contract with the club that will run until 2024. Rahan initially was appointed in November 2020 and has led the team to challenge for a highest ever league finish this season as Spurs currently sit fifth in the Bartley's FA Women's Super League with five matches remaining having previously finished seventh and eighth respectively. Daniel Levy said we are absolutely delighted that Rahan has agreed a new contract. The team has delivered consistently strong performances and I know Rahan and her coaching staff are driven to take them even further. We're all excited about what the future holds. We are going to obviously now play you um, Rahan's thoughts on her new contract, what it means for her and also we've got an exclusive from Anna from Spurs XY our Spurs women's correspondent very, very kindly gives us her thoughts on the delight of Rihan penning that new deal. And also taking you into this break, you are going to hear from a couple of different Brighton podcasters that have given us their thoughts, their time ahead of this huge Premier League game for Spurs. And after that, we're going to be giving you our thoughts ahead of this game on Saturday. Do not go anywhere. We're back after this very, very short Rianne, congratulations on agreeing a new contract. Incredible news for everybody associated with the club. Why was this the right decision for you? Oh, loads of reasons, to be honest. Throughout the course of the time that I've been here, um, I felt really supported by the club in terms of the vision that, that we have as a collective is, you know, is very much the same. I'm grateful for the, to the club for offering me the opportunity to carry on doing what we're doing. It's a massive journey that we're on at the moment and I just think that you know, it was a chance for us to keep building on the progress that's been made so far. We know where we were at and we know what a club of Tottenham stature should look like. And I think as a collective, we're trying to make sure that we elevate ourselves to be consistent challengers in and around the teams that have obviously been at it for longer than we have at the top flight. We want to make sure that we are constantly battling those teams. And, and that for me was just, ex it's exciting. It's the reason why I came here in the first place. And that's not changed. We still have a lot of work to do, but obviously, you know, things have been progressing nicely. We're looking at the ways that we want to move forward. You know, I often have to be reminded, don't forget about the progress we have made because, 
you know, I'm not the best loser. Um, <laughs> so, you know, but as a team, we've been able to push every single department and that's then contributed to the support system in and around the players, you know, adding psychology, adding nutritionist, adding social media, you know, all those bits are just so important to help us to raise our profile. And that was definitely one of the things that was on our vision as a team, players, staff, everybody really, to try and make sure that that happened. And, um, and so I think the, the progress has been good, but because of all the factors behind the scenes really has enabled the players to perform at their best when it's mattered. You know, you can't underestimate the, the value of top quality training facilities and access to things that enable players to be professional to the, to the highest end of the game. And, and I think that's definitely happened and 100% been supported from the club in how we put those things in place. The philosophy of the club and being one club is still the same. And I'm very fortunate being in the position I am here in that we all do align to that. And so essentially the club's, you know, meeting my ambitions as well, which is great. And, and so we, we know which direction we want to go in. So what are your ambitions for the next couple of years? What, what is the next stage of Rianne Skinner's project at Tottenham Hospital look like? Well, I think we've still got some building blocks to keep evolving. We've got to engage a wider fan base. I think we've got to make sure that our home events are, are really well sought after. And we obviously want to try and make sure that we can align those in and around the men's fans as well and make sure that we get a crossover from both sets of fans. And, and ultimately, that's going to be a major thing for us as a club that's newer to the WSL in comparison to some of the more established clubs. I think with the football, obviously, the way that we play, our attacking style, we know that this year we've not scored enough goals in the league and we know that. And we've got to look at how that looks moving forward to make sure that that then changes because I think... And the players hopefully admit this, you know, there's certain games that we would have been able to take more points from if we'd have been more effective and impactful in front of goal. And I just think in and around the rest of it, it's just continuing to make sure that we perform consistently. We've taken a massive step forward in that vein this year, obviously, with the points that we've had and the number of wins on the bounce that we've had. And the teams that win championships and leagues and titles are the teams that consistently perform. And so that's part of the building block for us. We need players through the door that can do that. We need to make sure that the staff are supporting the players to enable them to do that. And then we need to make sure that we take every opportunity when it comes our way in order to get points on, on the board. So that's definitely the way that we've got to keep heading. This, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a big challenge, but it's a positive one, one that I'm passionate about, I'm excited for. And, and ultimately, the, the opportunity to do this for another couple of years means that I can do whatever is in my power to, to try and get us in that direction as fast as possible, really. And, um, and make this club be sitting in the table where, where Tottenham Hotspur absolutely should be sitting and, and that's, that's the aim. You talked about them briefly there, but finally for the fans watching this who have been on the journey with us so far, what would you say to them in regards to the news today? I just think the big thing is for them to trust us. You know, we are moving forward. We're going to keep making this club a club that they want to be proud of supporting and that I'm going to do everything, as I say, in my power to try and make sure that that happens. I want it to be a really fun event for everybody to come and watch and I want them to enjoy the football that we're playing and really get behind the team, everybody within the team, you know, the players that are, are here now, the players that are potentially coming in in the future and to basically make sure that, you know, as a team, we're doing it all together, really. We need their support on a match day to help us to keep getting the results that we want to get. 
And so, you know, I've loved it a few times this season when I hear the singing. I've got a lot of time for the singing. Um, and, uh, and I just think that's just a part of the growth as a, as a club and as a fan base. And, you know, I think together we can really go and start to push and achieve something really special. And we've made big strides in that direction, but there's 100% more to come. Hello everyone, I'm Anna from Spurs XY and welcome back to the Spurs Women segment here on The Last Word on Spurs. Now, this isn't a match report for a change, but rather an exciting news. Rianne Skinner has just signed a new contract with the club that runs until 2024. I think if you've even just been following my little segments here on the show, you'll know that this is a fantastic announcement. It's great news for us. She's done a great job at securing us a lot more defensively. We've obviously let in far fewer goals than in the past and we're clearly heading towards the right direction. This season has proved it very well and so far. It'd be interesting to see uh, where this will take us, hopefully with a little bit more attacking style. If we could kind of mix what she's done with Conte's uh, work as well, that'd be fantastic. But yeah, I'm really glad. I think I didn't expect much when she was appointed, if I'm being entirely honest. Um, I didn't know much about her history. I I know she she did have some um, experience, but not that much. well, from what my opinion was, really. But as I said, she's pleasantly surprised me and I'm more than happy for this announcement. So I think this is fantastic news. And hopefully it means with many good memories to come as well. I hope you enjoy the rest of the show and come when you Spurs. Hello to the last word on Spurs podcast fans. Uh, This is Liam from Albion Analytics. Just going to provide an opposition insight, I suppose. Um, There's obviously, you'll be fortunate enough to be playing Brighton of Albion uh, this weekend. So the guys have very kindly asked me to Offer some insight sort of into our starting lineup tactics formations and bits and pieces. We had quite a good result last weekend. Um at your at your neighbours, your your rivals at Arsenal. Um and won since February, I think it was seven games. Uh, we hadn't won four, six of which have been consecutive losses, and then we ended it against Norwich with with a, with a goalless draw. Um so you know, we come into this in the best form we've been in for a while, despite this not sort of being glittering form by any means. The the starting lineup will be an interesting one. Um, not sure if he's quite fully fit to start yet, but Adam Webster is slowly making his way back. He featured at Arsenal for the first time in uh, in a fair few games. The the lineup took us all a bit by surprise to some degree, and Potter seemed to pack the central areas quite a lot. There was no real stand up width to the team. Um, you know, he had Moises Caicedo making his Premier League debut. Had a had a really really strong display. Enoch and Wepu, uh, another sort of central midfielder, perhaps more of a sort of number eight. Um, really good in advanced areas. Um, scored and set up a goal. He's had limited minutes this season due to um, injury um, and other bits and pieces. I think as well, just sort of integrating him. His sort of uh, numbers, if you like, in, in returns of uh, minutes per goal and or assist um, have been really, really good. He's, I think he's joined second. Uh, he's had six goal involvements this season in under 800 minutes played, which is fantastic, especially for um, you know a, a player on a side like Brighton that, that are slightly further down the league with, with a bit less attacking quality. Um, I'm well aware of some of the numbers that came up this week of uh, Kudusevsky, uh, Kane and Son. So uh, we'll obviously have to do particularly well to sort of stop the firepower that they've got. Um and in regards to that, uh, from Arsenal on Saturday was you know just a surprise in, in midfield. Um, Brighton typically play quite wide area heavy, often sort of with um, full backs or wing backs if you like. That can be in a back three um, or in sort of, sorry, there's wing backs with a back three um, or in a back four. Mark Kukulea uh, has probably been one of our players of the season this year. He's, he's our most played outfield player in terms of minutes um, and he's Brighton's top player for sort of ball progression in terms of passes and carries. Tarek Lamptey obviously normally provides width on the right. Um, he didn't actually start at Arsenal, um, which was I think a, a surprise for him to not feature. Um, so I'm, I appreciate the guys have asked me to sort of Try and guess a probable starting lineup, but I think 
Potter's unpredictability uh, makes that very, very difficult. Um, but I'd be particularly surprised, especially seeing the news this week, that Matt Doherty's out for the rest of the season. Um, I imagine Spurs will have to sort of circumnavigate that um, on the left-hand side, so maybe there's room to look to exploit Lamptey, perhaps 1v1 there. Um, in central areas, I perhaps wouldn't be surprised to see him go unchanged um, in terms of Kaiseido, Bissouma um, and Enoch and Wepu. Um I think what's in, important really is, you know, looking back to the games we've had recently, we've obviously played Spurs twice this year that we haven't done enough for me in both games to sort of prevent the counter. Um, we did that really, really well against Arsenal um, on Saturday. We were quite compact in central areas. We sort of set up in a 4-1-4-1, and very much a mid-block for, for most of the game. Obviously, we defended deeper as, as the game went on and Arsenal sort of started to camp in our half a bit more. Um, but, you know, we looked really good going forward, um, particularly sort of attacking from deep. We had, we had a couple of good counter-attacks. Enoch and Wepu likes to drive out with the ball. Um, and we had a really, really neat combination play goal um, between Trossard, Caicedo, um, eventually pulling it back, uh, combining with Kukurera on the left to pull it back from Wepu to score from the edge of the area. So um, I think be as intrigued as you guys were to see how we set up in, in attacking areas. Neil Morpé didn't feature against Arsenal. Danny Welbeck um, led the line, I think. He had, he had a decent game. So wouldn't surprise me to see him go with a pairing of, of Morpé um, and Welbeck. So if I really had to guess a starting eleven, um, I wouldn't be surprised to see Potter match up sort of the, the back five or the back three, however you sort of want to look at it, I suppose. Um, and perhaps go Kukulea on the left um, as a wing back with, with Lamptey flanking on the other side. Um, and should Adam Webster be fit, a, a back three of him, Lewis Dunk, Joel Veltman. Um, wouldn't again surprise me to see the midfield three be unchanged to so go for uh, Yves Basuma, Moises Caicedo, Enoch and Wepu. Uh, and in front of that, I don't know how many players I'm going to be left with then. I think that will leave me with two up top to sort of go for a 3-5-2. Um, and this could be anyone out of uh, normal paid Danny Welbeck, Alexis McAllister, um, Leandro Trossard. So I, I could quite easily see him going with the Welbeck pay pairing. Um, would definitely interest me. Um, and, and in terms of tactics, I think... Where I'd like to see them improve would be how we deal with the with defensive transition. So obviously dealing with your counter attack threat, whether that be um, maybe a, a more direct approach in possession to avoid sort of losses in central areas or areas where you can counter from. Um, likewise, perhaps looking to be a bit uglier in transition, maybe a few more fouls. Um, or, or try and put in sort of a real good counter press, but um, yeah, really impressed to see how we were on the break against Arsenal. I think we're not always a team that can threaten like Spurs can on the break. So uh, hopefully that can continue and, and perhaps look to dominate you know set piece wise as well or, or in the restarts. Um, my predicted result ahead of the game. I'm gonna have to be optimistic and positive because I think you know no one else will probably give us a chance. So I think I might as well. Um, I'll, I'll be optimistic and say say a one all draw. Um, not sure who scores for us. Not that I, I frankly care, but uh, hopefully Moise Caicedo can get get on the score sheet. Had a very good debut um, last time out. So if he was to feature again, he got an assist at Arsenal. Hopefully he can go one step better and, and get a goal. Phoenix Fifty One is a powerful employee technology enabling organisations to make data driven decisions at every stage of the employee journey, from hiring through benchmarking and development too. The platform provides detailed analytics on the most important asset in your business, your people, enabling organizations not only to make the correct hiring decisions, but also how to benchmark, train, and retain them. Phoenix 51, powering your people decisions through every part of the employee journey. Spurs versus Brighton then, and well, this is a fixture that seems to have come up quite a lot recently given COVID postponements earlier in the year. The third time we've faced each other in a matter of months. I'm not feeling too confident kind of looking on paper. Um, I know we've just beaten Arsenal and that's given us a big boost. Also in North London, so they can take some confidence from that, a bit of familiarity. But I think looking at the bigger picture, you've got to consider our form recently. And before the Arsenal one, taking that completely out of the picture... Seven games, 
six losses, one draw. Now, that is horrendous. I don't quite know how our losses six in a row, I'm not sure how that really happened, considering the start of the season we had. Before that period, we only lost four in about 23, 24 matches. And then we go and lose six on the bounce, scoring one goal. And then the next game, a nil-nil draw to Norwich, is as good as a loss, to be honest with you. Them being bottom of the table, the easiest side to beat in the Premier League this season, statistically, honestly... The fact we didn't beat them is is a bit of a shambles. We were looking at potentially European places. I've always tried to keep a bit of a level head and thought, okay, maybe top half is a bit more realistic. But now we're fighting for that. We're missing out on goal difference at the moment. But with our goal difference taking such a hitting, we're going to need these points. And I'm not sure if we're going to accumulate them against yourselves and then Manchester City midweek next week. Um, But kind of looking at your recent results... Also doesn't fill me in much confidence. A 4-0 win against Villa, 5-1 against Newcastle, 3-1 against West Ham and 2-0 at the Amex just before that against us. Uh, Yeah, you're in the form of your lives at the moment, aren't you? Antonio Conte finally got things clicking. The game's coming in quick succession. Doesn't seem to be bothering you anymore, whereas it did before. I suppose the injury to Mac Doherty leaves you a little bit more exposed on the right-hand side. I'm not as convinced by Emerson Royale as I am by uh, Mac Doherty, but... Really, that's only one player on the side. And when you've got players like Hume Minson and Harry Kane, who are world-class, some of the best finishes on the planet, it doesn't matter that much. As long as you can kind of keep us out for the main part, you'll be okay to then counter. So I think in order to counteract that ourselves, we've got to play like we did against Arsenal. Bit of a different style, where we have less of the ball, We had about 35% possession against Arsenal. The previous seven games, we had at least 50% or more. And weirdly, having less of the ball was in our favour. We didn't have many shots, but we were more clinical because we had less time to dilly-dally. That's something Brighton do a lot. And you would have noticed as we pass the ball side to side, wait for the opportunity. And by the time we try and do that, it's often blocked or we, we get frustrated and put one over the crossbar. I think it benefited us having to be a bit quicker and a bit more direct against Arsenal. And I'm hoping we can do the same against you, especially given that your main goal threat is over the top and we counter-attacks with Kane and Son and your fullbacks. If we can just sit back, kind of absorb the pressure and then push forward with a bit of a packed midfield, some wing-backs uh, pace with Lamptey and Kukurea, maybe having Trossard as a false nine to offer that pace over the top, then potentially... That could really help us. Uh, One thing to note is Adam Webster is finally back fit. He came off the bench against Arsenal, so that enables us to have our proper back three again. Before, when he was injured, when we were struggling for those losses, we often played a back four, not quite the same under Graham Potter as a back three is, but we weren't really able to play the three without Webster. It just didn't work with them. See Dan Byrne being sold and Webster, who's normally at the heart of that defence or just on the left-hand side, not being available. It didn't work. So him being back will be a massive boost for us. I'd go for a back three. I'd go for a bit of a packed midfield again. Maybe even get rid of someone like Tarek Lamptey to enable us to have Enoch Mwepu, who had such a great performance against Arsenal, maybe in a right wing-back role. Have Saicedo and Basuma as a midfield partnership. I mean, that's just domination, isn't it? As box-to-box midfielders go and ball-winning midfielders go, they should be really good. Saicedo looked incredible at the Emirates at the weekend, and I'm hoping he can keep his place against you. Kukurea on the left wing back, and then kind of up top, you'd imagine you'd have maybe Alexis McAllister in behind, and then Trossard, as I mentioned, and probably Danny Welbeck. I I know Mopé's a big name, and he's got a 
quite a funny attitude and all sorts. And he's our top scorer, but he's out of sorts at the moment. I would stick with Danny Welbeck, who looks like he's going to be signing a new deal. But score prediction-wise, I think I'll go for two. I'll say one that my heart says, which is 2-2. Two, two. I, I think you're bound to score a couple of goals with the form you're in at the moment. Um, but I think we can get a couple as well on the counter if we play the system I said. But realistically, I think it's more going to be 3-1. Hyun Min Son and Harry Kane are just too good at the moment and we are leaky um, <laughs> against you in particular in recent months. But if you want to see any more stats or any more of my work, you can follow me on Twitter at Half. Good luck for the game and good luck for the rest of the season. Take care. Sammy. Listen, Spurs v Brighton, the way Spurs are playing at the moment, they look like they've got a real, well, stride in the way they're really now pushing teams away. They're dominating sides. There's a real confidence there. And we know Brighton, of course, have just come off the back of a really good win for them against Arsenal. Uh, For Brighton, they lost four of their last six matches, consequently just before that, playing Arsenal. Um, Thoughts on this game for you, Sammy? Yeah, no-brainer for me, Ricky. Um, I mean, the the thing is... (laughs) Games like Brighton, Brentford um, and the likes of, they, they're the games, you, I've made this very clear on the podcast before, I'm not, that, that they're the games that worry me, um, usually. Yeah, we, we always do really well against, um, uh, not necessarily top four, but, but definitely, you know, top six to eight, we, we do well. And when, you, and when you play teams that you should have must wins, that's when Tottenham have always let us down. As a Tottenham fan, that's what you know is going to be a difficult game, the must-wins. You know that. Um, and we've been through it too often. It's a no-brainer for me, mate. We're going to thrash them. We're going to thump them. Like I told you we would do with... with, with um, and we will. And I'll tell you what will happen. We'll come out slow in the first half. <laughs> and then, as long as Antonio Conte does whatever he does at half-time, and I'm, you know, I'm positive it's it's something to do with hair dryers because I've only ever seen it in the 90s with Alex Ferguson. But the um, uh, he's doing something at half time that is making these players get up and play for their lives. They're not playing good games of football. They're giving every single thing they've got. They're bringing Steve Bergwijn on at 89 minutes, who's playing like he's got 45 seconds to live. The, yeah. Antonio Conte is doing this to players. Um, so I think we'll probably have a slow first half and thump them 3-0 in the second half. But Brighton is a must-win and will-win game for Tottenham. Um, I'm not worried about that. My prediction, Ricky, is going to lay you flat on your back right now. I think we'll beat Liverpool in the current form that we're in. I think we could beat them. Um, I, I, there's certain gaps in them with that high pressing. I was watching them against City and City should have taken advantage of it. Um I have to watch every City game, as I mentioned to you off air before, um, with a family connection to City, being Northern. But I'm, I'm a Tottenham through and through. We can take Liverpool. We can. We could actually stay in this form, um, win, win every last game of the season. And I'll stand by the fact that we will definitely beat Arsenal. You can uh, Arsenal TV can play this on repeat if they want to. We will <laughs> absolutely don't. thump Arsenal. Um, no problem at all. I'm not bothered. We will bury the Gooners. And that's coming straight from here. But in, <laughs> look at him. He hates this, doesn't he? He hates that. Yo, this is Ant's worst nightmare. He's glad uh, he's not doing it. Hey, listen, he's more famous than me. He'll get it in the neck. It's not a problem. So, uh, but, <laughs> but let me tell <laughs> But let me tell you something. It's, Brighton's a no-brainer for me. We're going out there. I'm, I'm seeing it. I'm looking at three points already on it. Um, and we need that. 
but the luck is going our way as well. And yeah. when I say the luck, Ricky, uh, not to drag it on, but the luck isn't just the other scores from from the um, uh, from from Manchester United and Arsenal. That's not just the luck. I have to stress the luck has come from some lucky early goals from us, which I think has changed the game. Because if you look at Newcastle and if you look at Aston Villa, we we, we went up um, and we were we were getting hammered. We were getting hammered. And if we didn't have the goals behind us, that's a completely different game. Or if they get the first goal, it's a completely different game, regardless to Antonio Conte's half-time speech. So we've had luck for, um, you know, the last few weeks, um, regardless of the international break, but we've had luck for the last few games. Um, yeah. and, and, and long may that continue. But I do think we've got a really good run coming up. And, and I just, at the moment, I'm really excited to watch my team again. Uh, I think we've got a lot of points ahead of us. Yeah. So to clarify, Sammy's very confident. <laughs> Kim, let's come over to you. Listen, Kim, Brighton is one of those teams where you, you never know really what you're going to get. I mean, they've been on a real poor run of form, I would say, since the turn of the year under Graham Potter. Um, what's your thoughts going into this one, Kim? You know, because on paper, you'd probably say Spurs should blow Brighton away when you look at Spurs' form. But have you got any concerns going into this one at the weekend? Um. I don't think Brighton will come and park the bus. So I think that the, the way the way Potter sets up, they'll they, you know they, I think we'll be out of with him on the break. I don't think we're gonna you know d- smash them out of sight. You know, but I can see us winning by a goal or two. Brentford away is a bit of a worry for me. Um, I think Ericsson's rejuvenated them without a doubt, and you know obviously it's more of an evening kickoff. Uh, yeah. it, it, we're away. Um, I think that could be a potential banana skin for us if we're not careful but um liverpool away i could see us maybe snatching a draw there um you know and obviously if we could win other games the gooners at home i'm not quite so confident about us <laughs> to say you know um but who knows i mean it'd be great if it was that game we needed a point or something to secure you know it'd be wonderful wouldn't it but uh i'm not you know who knows that's going too far on we don't know what's going to happen but i'll tell you who else needs a mention like for his current form obviously harry's been phenomenal in his but sonny's back scoring you know and how wonderful is that to see absolutely absolutely i mean i agree listen i agree the the, the boys at the moment are so full of confidence i mean and is, is that one word that we have to be careful about? Confidence going into this game? Could we be overconfident at the weekend? Before I ask you that, Anne, um, only because you are... Uh, <laughs> this has cracked me up, but I've been asking, meant to be asking you this comment that's coming from about Sammy. Um, there's been a comment there saying, does Sammy remind you of Roy Slater? I don't think anyone is far from removed. I don't know where they got Roy Slater from. Adam, where is Roy Slater? The opposite. Complete opposite. Even with Del Boy than a Roy Slater, surely. <laughs> don't get it. Don't get it. Um, right, it's a long context there from Adam. Um, are you concerned about overconfidence going into Brighton given Spurs' form at yeah. the moment? Um, I wouldn't say overconfidence. I just think just game by game. Just game by game. Don't start bantering them like down the road. Just concentrate on ourselves. Yeah. Let's yeah. be the underdog. Let's go under the radar. Keep going. Keep pushing. Let's get to the Arsenal game in a couple of weeks and fingers crossed with six, seven points above them in an ideal world, and then we can play our football. I think if, if it comes down to that game, Kim, I love your confidence, but for me, you know what I'm like, babe. I'm, I'm just so, like, I'm just so tetchy. Like, I, I hate us relying on to beat them lot down the road to get top four, and then we, I just couldn't. I just can't. I just can't handle them getting top four at ours. 
That's that. No, no, no. I've seen no, what I said, if if we needed a point that game, to remember, there's games after. Well, we, no, what we got left after that? Just the one, aren't we? I think we've got. Um, I think it's Norwich. I think it's Norwich. Yeah, Norwich. Norwich on the final. Yeah. Norwich. Yeah. Do you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Norwich. though? I don't want us. To oh, no, we need to secure it for that. I got that wrong. Sorry, I didn't realize. I, I, I forgot it was so late. You know what oh, I mean? No. I can't. I can't. I can't. I just couldn't. I just couldn't do it. it just uh, no. Nah. I can't. I think the problem is because, <laughs> because we've all been there before. Who knows what I'm know? like as well, Rick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we've all we've all been there before, where you know mentally we all are slightly just apprehensive now because suddenly it's come back into our hands. Or maybe many many of us probably thought it wasn't going to come back into our hands, and therefore because it is now back in our hands, there is that yeah. certain just, apprehension just, now. Just Can we hold on to it? Rick. We're never very good when anything's in our hands, are we? Let's be perfectly honest, you know? That's what I'm saying. If we go under the radar, keep doing what we're doing, keep pressing, keep pushing, getting them wins, and if we drop a, if we drop two points and we get a draw, it ain't the end of the world as long as we're still in a race. But if we start bantering them not down the road, I can't. I can't. The, the, the problem is, though, we're, we're, not, we're not under the radar anymore, are we? I've just seen a comment come up here. As I'm yeah, saying. Alexander, we're smashing teams 4 new every week. We're smashing 4 <laughs> no, 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 what I mean is, Sam, Sam, what I mean is, don't get too confident because it'll only come and bite us in the arse, mate. Please, we've yeah, been here before. We've been here before. I know how levels you are, but, but how can you not? How can you not be? I'm honestly, I've always, I've, I'm skeptical every single season with Tottenham. Yeah. No matter who the manager, Pochettino, Mourinho, I'm just feeling a different kind of of, of energy with with Conte. You're not feeling that. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to exude my confidence, but I'm just feeling. No, it. love it, Rick. Uh, Sam, I love your confidence. I, I wish I could be like you, brother. I wish I could be like you, but you've lived through the nineties like myself. You know what I mean? Like, you, yeah. You, I, you know, when, when we have to win games and we don't turn up and lasagna gate and Chelsea finish in fifth and we finish <laughs> fourth and we don't get Champions League. It's just one of them things. Do you know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? So, yeah. I can't. yeah, I get it. And and everybody, everybody, we've had it before, haven't we? The hype that Tottenham are going to win the league or they're going to, they're, you know, they're That's definitely, it. you know, they're up there as one of the best teams. And it, it does, we do always fall flat on our face with it. And, and it is disappointing, you know. To, always. <laughs> In front of your family, in front of your work colleagues, and everything. Oh, you've lost, you bottled it again, and and it is it's, so difficult, you know, to have that confidence again. But I've got that confidence again. I, oh, it's great, mate. It's like that 15, 16 season. Yeah, you know, yeah, we played the best football in in the league. Yeah, we might have done, but we didn't win the league, did we? So no, you don't win medals for playing the best football. You win medals no. for. Becoming first and winning games that you should be winning in, in a final. So, this is what I mean. The amount of battles I've had with Spurs fans over this, and everyone's entitled to an opinion, and rightly so. But just, 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 I'm just chill. You. I'm with you. I don't want to be seeing Twitter. I'm, I'm seeing Twitter pages. Last time Arsenal finished above us. I'm like, Come on, man. Like, do you know what I mean? I don't get it. I don't get it. Just, just, just. Do you just, think? Very quickly before we do predictions, I mean, how how important Ant, is it? I'm going to ask Kim this as well, and then Sammy. How important Ant, is it? Do you think going into that Arsenal game that we have got a cushion behind us? You know, a good four or five point cushion going oh, into that game. Is that critical for you, Ant? A hundred percent, Rick. If we we got four or five points, what I said, four or five point cushion above them, right? And we go there, they got to come at us. They will be rattled, mate. Mm, and then we could yeah. just then we could just play our football. Yeah, we could even t- hopefully take the mick out of them. But just play our football. 
But if we've got to win the game and the pressure's on us, I don't know. I, 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 it's a completely different game. Yeah, I mean, same question to you, Kim. How important do you think is it, Kim, going into that North London derby? We know it's obviously the game, one of the penultimate games of the season. Uh, do you think, Kim, for us to be able to go there in a relaxed mindset as fans, we need that cushion behind us going into this one? Well, it's under the lights at the lane, uh, you know, and, and if we can't up our game for that one, I don't know what we would, but, you know, Arsenal have got a tough running before. They've got some tough games coming up before that. Hopefully, it's all over by then. Was that? To, to, was to, or we're not in a race with Arsenal for it, you know, so that's what I, I mean. They've got Chelsea away yet. They've got, um, you know, they've got, they've got some tough games still and they're not in the best of form, are they? No, you're not. I think and the, the comment on the screen from Peter, I think, again, he's just kind of, you're reminded in the fact that, you know, despite us being the best team, we didn't actually get anything for it. So I think all he's just oh, saying right. there is that, you know, right. like you've said there, keeping it humble, staying humble, waiting to, you know, that final whistle when Spurs you, are actually you, secure you, for, before we get carried away. We're all smiling today and it's great to see, right? Yeah. Do you feel confident, right? As for, for, Take your last word on Spurs hat off, right? You're, yeah. you're, Rick, you're Ricky Saxon's supporter. You're going yeah. to the North London derby at, at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and we've got to win. Are you confident if we're on the same level of points? Not as confident if we're about, we've right. got a cushion in front of us. I mean, we've got to be realistic. You know, if we go into exactly. that game with a four or five point cushion, we can go there, relax. Exactly. Like you've said, Arsenal have got to come at us and therefore we can pickpocket them off. We've got Kane, Son, Kulisevsky. You know, we've got exactly. options off the bench, Bergwijn, Mora. You know, Spurs have got to, I think, go into that game ideally with a cushion because Arsenal will have to come and know they've got to win it. Spurs can go in that, to that game and know that, of course, we do want to win it, but it's not the be and end all. And I think, like as Greg says there, you know, as Anne has been saying all night, stay, <laughs> says, stay hysterical, not humble. I think we've got to stay humble for the reason that Spurs have got themselves into this position where, you know, they're in touching distance now. But it is about being competitive. It is about fighting to the end. Guys, let's look to close the show. Let's get predictions for the weekend. Let's start with you, Anne. What are you going to go for? Uh, I'm going to go for a 3-1 Spurs. 3-1 Spurs. Okay. Yeah. A goal considered by Hugo, but listen, we take 3-1. Sammy, over to you. What are you going to go for? 3-1's a great shout. I'd, um, <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd probably go this. I'm probably going to go 3-1. I'll go 3-0, I think, just to be different. But I would have gone 3-1. <laughs> I, I just want to say one thing, because you know what I'm like. I want to say one thing here. It's uh, about points and who's behind us and this, that and the other. Number one, if Christian Romero's behind us, we're all right. The guy could win a game of Connect Four in three moves. He's been absolutely mustard for us, right? Um, and, and the bottom line is, I'm not saying, I'm not saying we're definitely going to finish above Arsenal. What I'm saying is, we'll thrash him and, and repeat it. Keep because because the way we're going at the moment, this has got potential to be. The way Conte's got the wheels turning, he's, he's the man that is driving us forward. He's, this, is, this is the best I've seen. And we've had better runs, but this is the best I've seen, Tottenham. It really is. Absolutely. I just wanted to reiterate that. And I'm so sorry, Anthony, and I hope I've not put a curse on. I just need to express my feelings. I'm so, Sammy, I'm so buzzing with Tottenham at the moment. That it's, mate, it's, it's great to see, brother. Sammy, it's great to see, mate. Please, yeah. I, I, just, I just have to keep... Because... I just can't have them lot live finishing above us. So that's why I just keep I, myself I, I, quiet. That, whatever's going to happen. 
Whatever games they win, they win. Whatever games they lose, they lose. That's their game. Oh, we could win every single game coming up the way we're playing. And that is the 100%. bottom line. Yeah. yeah. Agree. I get it. Lots of comments here. Listen, it's been a really fun, vibrant, upbeat show. Isn't it great? You know, you've got, you've got, you've got you know, and remaining calm, remaining collective. <laughs> we've, got, we've got Sammy going the complete opposite, going absolutely mental. Then we've got the calm nature of Kim also trying to keep our feet on the ground. Kim, been lovely to have you on to make your debut tonight. Give us one final plug, Kim, of this book. Obviously, uh, give us a, give us a show of the book. Prediction, and... Oh, and obviously prediction as well, please, Kim. Um, well, I was going to go 3-1, but seeing as everybody, I'm, I don't think it's going to be, um, you know, a complete rollover and we're going to get, uh, uh, you know, if, if we, seeing as everyone else said 3-1, I'm going to say 2 nil. But I am worried about Brentford away. Yeah, that, that game with Eric, the Ericsson reunion has got, yeah. Yeah, got a slight concern. I think where it's an evening kickoff as well. 5.30 kickoff, isn't it? You know, I think I feel more comfortable it was 3 o'clock. I don't know why. The only thing I would say though, Kim, is, you know, by the time we play there, I think depending on the games that are being played that day, Spurs might know what they have to do. Do you see what I mean? In a way, it might be a benefit. Yeah, but sometimes when Spurs know what they have to do and things have gone right, the they don't exactly do it, do they? He knows. I'm trying to put myself in Sammy's camp, but then I find myself <laughs> being pulled through back to Kim and Ann's camp. I tell you, I just can't win tonight. I tell you, just can't win tonight. <laughs> Kim, remind us, where can we find the book that's currently out? Remind us. Uh, can I say supermarkets or not? You can say whatever you want on this show. Feel yeah, free. it's in Family Man. It's out in paperback now. In Asda, Asda, Tesco, Sainsbury's, WH Smith, Waterstones, you name it. It's in it. And uh, it's about a villain and his wife and they're not right family. <laughs> I love it. Love it. Fantastic. <laughs> Isn't it fantastic? I tell you, this show doesn't ever cease to amaze you, the wonderful guests we have on. Guys, thank you so much for all your love and support for the show. Massive love coming in from the comments. Thank you as always. Uh, we're back with you on Saturday evening, which is quite nice because then it means we can all go to the game, enjoy it, and then come back and hopefully have a great last one on Spurs where Spurs keep on winning. So from Anne, from Sammy, from Kim, myself, guys, keep safe, keep well. As always, Best wishes to Antonio Conte getting safe and well soon. And as always, come on you Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.